Welcome to the American Society of Regional Anesthesia, Regional Anesthesia Pain Podcast as a wrap. I'm your host, Raj Gupta, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. And today with me as my co-host is Gary Schwartz. You guys have probably heard Gary a couple of times on the podcast, and he's uh, been on the Facebook Live with us at the last ASRA meeting. Gary, how are you doing? He's from Brooklyn, New York, a chronic pain physician there. Gary, thanks for joining us. I'm doing very wonderfully. Thank you for having me again, Raj. And we're looking forward to the meeting in Las Vegas. We have a couple of special guests here today. I'll let you introduce. Yeah, we're going to go through our special guests. So first off is our uh, president of the American Society of Regional Anesthesia is Kumar Bhuvanendran. He's at Rush in Chicago. Kumar, thanks for joining us on the show today. Uh, It's a pleasure to be speaking today to everybody and uh, look forward to your meeting. And then we've got uh, two people from uh, the planning committee um, joining us to help me talk about the program and some of the special things we have in it. First off, Jamie Barada from Jefferson uh, University in Philadelphia. Jamie, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And Jamie's got a special role in this as well because she's going to be planning the 2020 meeting. Well, she's not going to be. She's already planning the 2020 meeting because I know how long we spend planning this thing. So she's well underway trying to put that program together. So you'll be hearing a lot more from Jamie over the next year or so. And then also on the show is uh, Danielle Ludwin. She's at Columbia in New York, and she's uh, on our planning committee and is a regional anesthesiologist up in New York. How are you, Danielle? Thanks for joining us. Good. Thanks so much. Happy to be here with all of you. Excellent. So before we get to the uh, interviews and talking about the program, always a couple of uh, announcements that I want to make sure everybody's aware of. So first off, of course, we're really excited about the meeting coming up. It's April 11th through the 13th in Las Vegas, Nevada at Caesars Palace Hotel. It's a huge, beautiful place. Obviously, lots to do in Las Vegas, including the fantastic program that we're putting together. And the important things that you guys need to know is that uh, one, we need to get you to azra.com. Look for the abstract submission deadline for the spring meeting. That's January 7th. It's coming around really quickly. So I know you guys are working on some fantastic scientific work, case reports, um, and some really interesting research. We want to see it all at the meeting. So go to azra.com, go to the abstract submission get those abstracts submitted by January 7th. We are not extending the deadline because we need to review them and get those back to you and let you know if you're in our program. Second is the registration for the meeting is open. You can go ahead and register. Uh, You don't have to wait till February or March or something like that. Let's do it early. Get your registration in right now. Lock in your hotel space. Get uh, get it on your calendar. We want to see you at the meeting. We're really excited about having everybody come to the meeting. And so get to the registration and start filling those things out. So um, before we get uh, into some of the nitty gritty of the program, Kumar, do you want to mention any couple of special things that you really uh, want to make sure that people are aware of and jump out to you about our program this spring? Yeah, uh, thanks, Raj. And just on that, what Raj said, uh, you know, the, the February 11th is the early bird registration deadline. So uh, please register early to save some dollars. And uh, again, the workshops uh, sell out very quickly. Uh, so uh, please uh, register early and pick up, pick your workshops that you like and the PBLDs that you like uh, so that you don't have to be on a wait list. Uh, those are the common uh, concerns I've heard from members at the meeting. 
Uh, we are really excited about this meeting. Um, you know, I'm really uh, proud of what Raj has done. I've put in a fantastic program. But we are hopefully going to have some very special guests uh, at this meeting, in addition to all the anesthesiologists uh, present and the regional folks. But we're going to be having uh, some national speakers like uh, the Surgeon General Jerome Adams and Seema Verma from CMS we have invited. Uh, we're going to be talking on the opioid epidemic. Uh, so I'm really excited to see them. Uh, as you probably know, the Surgeon General uh, is an anesthesiologist, um, and he um, he has been very opinionated on the opioid crisis and has uh, issued the first uh, Surgeon General warning uh, that went out with the opioid epidemic and crisis and the utilization of naloxone. So we are really excited to uh, have invited him and uh, hopefully he, he'll be able to make it to the meeting on Thursday. So that's about it, Raj. Yeah, so uh, one of the things, the, the other guests that we have involved in this program is um, uh, we have a couple of surgeons coming too. So it's not just going to be anesthesiologists talking to anesthesiologists. We've invited um, a speaker from the American Hip and Knee Society and the uh, American Shoulder and Elbow Societies. So we have our orthopedic colleagues coming to talk to us. And Jamie, if you can talk a little bit about some of the stuff we're going to be going over about knee replacements, hip replacements. I mean, this is old stuff, but it's new again because things are being done differently. And so we wanted to bring our surgeons along in the conversation. You want to talk a little bit about some of those things? Yeah, I think it's great to involve the surgeons and really get their opinion since we have to work closely really to benefit our patients. Um, I think that it's great how they're coming to speak to us really where are joint replacements especially things like shoulder arthroplasty going in the future as they're moved to really an outpatient um, procedure and how can we adjust make this seamless and make it safe for the patients um, while they undergo these procedures in the outpatient setting and I think it's really great as well there's some interactive sessions where we get to really talk with these surgeons one-on-one -on -one, um, Ask them questions, you know, what, how they view regional anesthesia, especially in these types of procedures in shoulder and, and hip surgery. Yeah, we, uh, you know, regional anesthesia for uh, hip and knee replacement was a big topic of discussion several years ago with very advanced regional techniques and uh, lots of protocols put together. And then now with modern surgical techniques and some of the new regional techniques and multimodal analgesia, the equations changed quite a bit. And I think people haven't really caught up to some of the advances um, at all their institutions that have been done in this area. And then, as you mentioned, more and more of this surgery is turning into an ambulatory surgery. And the dynamics are completely different when you have to consider ambulatory surgery in uh, this equation of regional blocks, multimodals, and all that kind of stuff. Well, not just this meeting, but all the meetings that you as anesthesia, regional anesthesia, and pain has changed over the past couple of years, and we're going to these more ambulatory hips, I can't bring up the importance, again, of the Ask the Expert sent, uh, sessions and also the workshops. There are small sessions where you could see these leading experts, ask them specific questions, learn new techniques, and see how our different colleagues do different procedures, interventions, and workflow at different institutions that I've been able to bring back at my own. I know yourself... Jamie and Danielle have been working on some more interactive Ask the Expert sessions, so I'd love to hear about that because those are some of my favorite at every meeting that I go to. 
Yeah, Danielle, you want to talk about that a little bit? So Danielle and I have been uh, having this conversation about how to take the Ask the Experts interactive sessions and truly make them interactive. I think in the past, we fell back on this crutch of um, another podium talk, another PowerPoint presentation. And I think we want more from that. And I think people are hoping to get more engagement. And I know Daniel and I have been discussing how do we do that a little bit better. Sure. So uh, the 2019 ASRA Ask the Experts are gonna, is going to look a little bit different than it's looked in years past. And, and what I mean by that is we're really going to make the format conducive to an interactive session. So the participants are really, in some ways, almost like a large problem-based learning discussion, really being able to share their experiences, their questions, and being able to learn from one another the best practices for patient care. I um, was uh, often watching like CNN town hall interviews and uh, see the people up on the, the tall chairs and everybody kind of wrapped around them. And I felt like that pulled the audience into the speakers as opposed to having them sort of distant you know, several yards away, several, uh, you know, 10, 15 yards away where this, these experts seem unreachable or un, uh, unapproachable. And we want to bring everybody back together again. Um, so we're physically changing the layout in many of these sessions. And then we're also asking our speakers to spend less time up at the podium, less time um, with slides and actually engage the audience in question and answer. So we encourage people to go to these sessions. We have some really cool ones where you can get to talk to the surgeons and see their point of view, ask them questions, maybe something that you're afraid to ask your surgeons at your institution or haven't really bothered to ask them. We've had sections on complications. I know Danielle is going to be involved in one of those sessions. We have uh, stuff about research, um, how to get your research stuff published. And go talk to be pe these people who are editors and reviewers for these journals. Um, how do they make sure that you uh, uh, get your research published in the, the premier journals that are available here? So, so hey, uh, Danielle and Raj, this is Kumar. So if I had a question for an expert, could we send these questions ahead of the meeting uh, to these experts uh, on the ex interactive panels? So we're working on some um, different ways of engaging these groups of uh, faculty, not just in the interactive sessions, but also in the PBLDs. We're probably going to use social media through Twitter. Um, and we're looking at a forum option, too, where we can actually have some exchanges before you attend. This is where early registration is really important. If you register for a PBLD, for example, well in advance, then we know your name. We can include you in that conversation. And that way, the conversation at the table is a little bit more engaging. Um, for uh, many of our experts, they're on social media. You'll know what topics they're going to be talking about. We want you to engage with them. Ask them questions. Go ahead and sort of prime the pump for the conversation so that when you show up that day, the conversation actually means more to you and it's more relevant to your practice. And just, to add, and just to add one more thing to that, what's also nice for the faculty is if we have a better sense of what things the participants want us to talk more about, it allows us to focus a little bit more on that and also to have a chance to really think out, you know, a, a an answer that the cup we might have a good a good response but when we've had a, a lead time to think about it could even be a more thoughtful answer oh at the previous azra meetings also we've been having some live interactions on social media we have a separate hashtag for each event so i know danielle and i were talking about in the past to maybe have some of these ask the expert sessions so not just some of the information before 
so people could join in who were not actively at the meeting, secondary to work time or maybe family time, so they could add into the conversation also. You know, we're doing one thing in one of the uh, sessions, the parallel sessions, because I think most of the people out there know that I'm really interested in social media and the impact it can have on this conversation. We actually have one session where we're going to go full tilt on the social media experience. It's actually a conversation from our education SIG, our special interest group, about how to deal with all the information that people are inundated with. You have articles that come out every day online, pre, pre-release articles. You have journals coming left and right with new information. How do people deal with all of this information, not to mention the back catalog of information that you're expected to know? And so we're actually going to have a session where we've got Colin McCartney recruited to just be manning the social media stream during the conversation. So if you're there at the meeting, which we hope you are, or even if you're at home or in a different session, you can actually engage with Colin, who's going to be engaging with the faculty on the podium in real time so that we can have an interactive conversation in both real life and social media at the same time about this question about knowledge, information, and overload and how to deal with all the information. So we're going full, full tilt into this experience of an interactive uh, uh, workshops, interactive sessions, and parallel sessions throughout the meeting. Sorry, I also wanted to just uh, point out that this meeting's interesting also. So there's going to be a lot of new speakers. You're introducing a lot of different people, um, you know, a lot of diversity and things like that, which is going to be really great to make the program even more interesting. You know, people um, are often wondering those long surveys that we ask you to fill out at the end of the meeting, if those are worth anything, if they're worth their time and effort. And I'll let you know that I read every survey response for the last five years before we put this meeting together and kind of looked at what the common elements were about people's wishes and desires for the meeting that weren't fulfilled. And one of the things that were that was common, just like Jamie mentioned, is that they felt like the same speakers kept coming over and over. Um, and uh, we do love our, our um, expert faculty, and we want to make sure that people get to see those those speakers that are the premier uh, regional anesthesiologists, acute pain physicians in the field. But we also felt there was an opportunity for people to see some new faces. And so we've actually recruited a lot of new names that you may not recognize, but are actually doing fantastic work in the field. So keep your eye out for the program and the faculty that you'll see there. And I think you're going to start hearing some voices that maybe haven't had a chance to really express their research and their interests in this forum. One of the things that we did, um, I'll give you an example, for instance, is that the pediatric special interest group has been uh, vibrant and very active over the last few years. And they felt like regional anesthesia in pediatrics was underrepresented at the, um, the meeting. And so we made an extra effort to make sure that there are sessions that are intended for everybody, not just the pediatric people in the audience, where the lessons learned from pediatric regional are brought to bear and presented. For example, there's a session on the opioid crisis, and there's a lot of acute pain physicians that deal with adolescents that are early um, uh, uh, early dependent on opioids because they get exposed to opioids from an injury due to sports or something like that. And so we've never really had a conversation about the impact of adolescents exposed to opioids and where different modalities of pain control 
in that group could potentially uh, impact their long-term opioid dependence or pain management. So we brought a speaker who's a pediatric anesthesiologist into the forum of the opioid crisis as a whole to talk about that component of the conversation, while at the same time having a special session just for the pediatric regional anesthesiologist. So they want to do a deep dive in there. They can do a deep dive in there. Back to what Raj said, they also, it's not just beginner blocks, advanced blocks. They have some open scanning workshops this year, which is kind of new, which you can learn some trips. And there's also some master classes for people who have done regional for a long time, where you can learn some tips and tricks from people from different walks of life, private practice and academic, and also some advanced master classes that you could use for the ASRA workshops in addition to, I believe, the certificates in regional anesthesia and ultrasound. So what we saw was, I've been teaching workshops for a long time, and um, you always get people who feel like they're rushed. They feel like they almost had the concept, but they didn't quite get it because they were rushing through that. And so we created some sessions where um, the, 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 they can sign up for a workshop without a specific agenda. They can sign up and show up. There'll be a model. There'll be a faculty member. There'll be ultrasound equipment. And you get to define the curriculum. You go in there and say, you know, I really want to focus on the erector spinae block. But I went to the earlier session. It was a great introduction, but I didn't really get enough scanning time to feel comfortable with it. Can we spend another 20 minutes on erector spinae and, and really kind of dive deep into this? Um if you, if you feel like you haven't got a good handle on interscaling blocks and supraclavicular blocks and you want to just practice a few more time on a few different models so that it's not just one person that you've seen this on, you get that opportunity to see a few different variations of the same anatomy and practice your skills with those things. So we really wanted to focus on that. And then those people that are out there and feel like everything's just introductory, we put you into some uh, expert workshops where you can really kind of get challenged by people who know the anatomy so well, they want you to look at it a different way, approach it a different way, and and maybe come up with some new ideas that you haven't come up with before for your practice. So all of these are opportunities for you guys to go bigger. I'm, part of it is we thought, you know, there's people that have been coming to this meeting for years and years and years. There needs to be something special for them too. Danielle, we have a... Um, uh, interesting uh, session on uh, complications that you're involved with as well. Um, you know, complication management is is difficult for a lot of people, and they and they fear it. You want to talk a little bit about um, how you guys want to approach complications in regional anesthesia? Sure. I, complications. You know, I I think that it's helpful for people to understand. For anyone who has a complication, what are is the general suggested format on how to manage these patients? You know, how to have a schematic of, of what steps to think about. I think it's always really important, though, that everything does still need to be individualized to a patient and to their specific concerns. So uh, the idea of, of our session is really how to give participants a framework of how to think about managing complications uh, and also some resources that can help them to, uh, you know, when, when situations come up, what, what are the, the steps to take to help patients uh, seek answers to, to what's happening. 
And then Kumar, the the other big topic, and you you know this better than anybody, that keeps coming up over and over is point of care ultrasound. Um, you want to speak a little bit about the impact that the interest in point of care ultrasound has been having to Azra and how we're planning stuff. Yeah, I mean the point of care ultrasound has really emerged, uh, and there's a very big interest uh, both for regional anesthesiologist and uh, anesthesiologist of all subspecialities. Our focus courses, uh, I was just there in uh, Chicago, the recent one in December, was sold out. And again, the one in February in San Diego is again um, already selling out uh, even as we just opened the registration. So the workshops that we're going to have at focus at the Azra Spring Meeting in Las Vegas uh, will be very popular. I encourage all of you to um, join in. Um, and I was when I started doing it, I, I, I was very intrigued by itself. And initially, the gastric, uh, the, the pneumothorax, the looking at lungs, airways, and cardiac, uh, it, it really makes the complete picture of how to treat patients safely and appropriately in the operating room. Yeah, I was saying that I think that I've um, um, noticed when I've talked to people that they're a little intimidated sometimes by all the different things that you can do with point-of-care ultrasound. We tried to make some very basic introductory sessions for people. So if they just want to kind of tiptoe into point-of-care ultrasound, see what this whole topic is about, they can do that and get some very basic ideas and some hands-on experience at the workshops. But if they're ready to dive deep and learn about lung ultrasound and learn about gastric ultrasound to the point where they could actually take it into their practice. There's workshops for those too. And you can do this sequentially. You can start with the introductory and then go to the advanced one and uh, do that all in the same program because we tried to line up all the more basic stuff at the beginning of the session uh, uh, meeting and then the more advanced stuff towards the latter part. So you can get both experiences and really dive deep into uh, point of care ultrasound throughout the meeting. Jamie, there is a um, uh, a topic area that I thought that, uh, you know, I don't know how much you guys are doing at your institution yet, but we, we have so many different uh, new blocks that are uh, in, in the literature that are having um, a lot of interest and excitement about it, all these fascial plane blocks, um, but people don't know what to do about that. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about some of the areas that you guys are doing at your institution and what you see is happening as a trend with these newer blocks? Yeah, I think that the newer blocks are both good and bad because I think that there's we can have a lot better options for people or people that patients that have contraindications to um, certain blocks may um, be better suited for these fascial plane blocks. However, you know, it can be confusing about which is the best block or do these blocks really work we've been experimenting with some of the blocks like erector spine a blocks we have seen some success at jefferson um in patients that just can't get um a paravertebral or a thoracic epidural i think it's something that will be interesting as we go and i think it's really important to talk about in meetings like this you know really what is the evidence behind these blocks you know how do you do the blocks and really where is the most appropriate Place to use them, like with which patient situations. So I'm, I find them really intriguing. I, I just don't know if I even fully understand some of them now. And there's so many. Yeah, I got to listen to uh, my friend Hashem El Shakawi, who's really well versed in these uh, fascial plane blocks. And 
the amount of information he understands about fascia is um, mind-boggling to me because that was usually something we just quickly went through in anatomy class to get to the stuff that we cared about. But apparently there's a whole science around fascia, the circulation of fascia, how stuff moves related to each other. And I think that uh, people will find it fascinating to understand a little bit more about these fascial plane blocks other than that we're just injecting it in a wide area. I think these are more interesting and more complex than that. So there's going to be lots of sessions on fascial plane blocks, workshops on that. And then we're not going to just do it as a sales pitch. We're actually going to be critical of it too. So if things aren't supported by literature or we don't have enough evidence about it, we're going to make sure that people hear that message. In addition to all the uh, exciting knowledge you're going to get, um, it's going to be in Las Vegas. So you'll have a lot of time to go in the evenings to the shows um, and obviously, uh, we welcome all of you to the Saturday uh, event that we'll be hosting uh, at, the, at the end of the meeting. And I hope all of you will be able to join uh, the reception on Saturday and also the Thursday. The exhibitors' booth will be very well packed. Oh, as everyone has touched on before, I know we spoke about the workshops and the ASD interactive sessions. And you can learn more as the meeting goes on. One of the main things I like about the ASRA meeting is it's a small familial meeting. So if you heard, let's say, Raj lecture on Thursday and you pass by him going to a different after his lectures are up, most people will hang around the area by the lecture hall. You could stop by and ask these people questions a lot of the time. And they're pretty accessible as you go to your next session. So I think it really aids in the learning and in the advancement of regional anesthesia and pain to bring home to your own practice. I think that's a big a big advent of the meeting, actually. You know, I was going to point out one other session that um, we learned from a previous meeting seems to do really uh, well is we're going to be doing a 360 um, interactive uh, discussion where we actually have a uh, anesthesiologist, a surgeon, a um, hospital administrative type person who looks at the books, and then we actually have a patient who's undergone surgery with regional anesthesia, all in one session where we can actually talk about what this experience of going through surgery is like for everybody's point of view. Uh, I think we often uh, have fall victim to preaching to the choir, and we want to make sure that we're seeing different perspectives so that we can understand what's the best way forward. Um, what we think may be best for patients may not always be a positive experience for them. What we think of as being uh, optimal care for a surgeon's workflow may actually impede because of a certain concern that we didn't realize that they had. So we want to make sure that we're bringing that whole perspective to people. I think it's going to be a really neat session for people to participate and watch. Um, and uh, getting that point of view of a patient who's not a medical person, we found a patient who is a lay person uh, to tell their story of what that experience is like. I think it's going to be really unique. I want to emphasize one other thing that Kumar mentioned, which is all the social events. Um, two things that uh, I want you guys to be looking out for. So that that celebration on Saturday night, I'm still bitter because for uh, to reasons I uh, can't go into right now with uh, family, I had to miss that party the last time we were in Las Vegas. And to this day, people keep talking about how awesome that one was, no matter which other party I go to. They still talk about the one in Las Vegas as being the best one that they ever been to. So don't miss out on the Saturday celebration. It's going to be really great. And then we're also having uh, a, a new unique experience where we're going to make dinner reservations at restaurants um, at different nights 
for groups of 10, where there's going to be faculty from ASRA, board members, committee members, planning committee members that are going to uh, join you for dinner. And so it's a great opportunity to interact with people, connect, network. Um, so just make sure you look out for those dinners um, and uh, you guys can join us on these reservations. Plus, you might be able to eat at a restaurant you can't get a reservation for at the last minute anyway because they're, it's Las Vegas and it's busy and it's hard to get dinner reservations at some of these places. So lots going on. Um, Kumar, any other last thoughts before we wrap this up? All I can say is look forward to seeing all of you there in Vegas and uh, enjoy. Happy holidays to everyone. Yeah. So again, remember January 7th for the abstracts deadline and then um, registration is already open. Early bird registration is going on right now. We want to see everybody there. Come say hi to all of us individually. We love it. We love to talk to you. And then we'll be uh, going wild on social media as we lead up to the meeting and during the meeting, hashtag Azra Spring 19. So make sure everybody participates and uh, gets involved. We love seeing you guys. And thank you, Gary, Jamie, Danielle, Kumar, for joining us today and uh, talking a little bit about the meeting. See you guys in Vegas. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Look forward to see everyone in Vegas. All right. Thank you, guys.